March 4th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, here on the One Year Bible, our reading today will be from the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 27, through chapter 12, verse 17. We'll be reading here today about honesty. We'll see that the leaders had not been honest with John the Baptist, and now they refused to be honest with Jesus. When we obey, God teaches us more. If we disobey, we close the door on God's truth. We'll see in Mark chapter 12 that each family chose its Passover lamb on the tenth day of the month and carefully examined it until the fourteenth day to be sure it had no defects. During his last week of public ministry, God's Lamb was examined in various ways, and he passed every test. No guile was found in his mouth. In his replies, Jesus revealed to them who he was, yet they would not accept the truth. He is the Son, capital S, the Son, sent by the Father and the stone rejected by the builders. His enemies were so intent on destroying Jesus that they did not realize they were destroying only themselves. All political questions and hypothetical doctrinal questions are chaff compared to the most important question of all, and that is, is Jesus Christ your Lord, and do you love him? If you were to point out the spiritual people in this chapter, would you indicate the pious scribes or the poor widow? You know, the Lord watches how we give and examines the motives of the heart. He also sees how much we give and measures the proportion, not the portion. An old epitaph reads, What I gave, I have. What I spent, I had. What I kept, I lost. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. March 4th. Mark chapter 11, verse 27, through chapter 12, verse 17. By this time, they, Jesus and his disciples, had arrived in Jerusalem again. As Jesus was walking through the temple area, the leading priests, The teachers of religious law and the other leaders came up to him. They demanded, By whose authority did you drive out the merchants from the temple? Who gave you such authority? I'll tell you who gave me authority to do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, Did John's baptism come from heaven, or was it merely human? Answer me. They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, He will ask why we didn't believe him. But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid that the people would start a riot, since everyone thought that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, We don't know. And Jesus responded, Then I won't answer your question either. Then Jesus began telling them stories. A man planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At grape-picking time, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed the servant, beat him up, 
and sent him back empty-handed. The owner then sent another servant, but they beat him over the head and treated him shamefully. The next servant he sent was killed. Others who were sent were either beaten or killed, until there was only one left, his son, whom he loved dearly. The owner finally sent him, thinking, Surely they will respect my son. But the farmers said to one another, Here comes the heir to this estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him and murdered him and threw his body out of the vineyard. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do? Jesus asked. I'll tell you. He will come and kill them all and lease the vineyard to others. Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone rejected by the builders has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous to see. The Jewish leaders wanted to arrest him for using this illustration because they realized he was pointing at them. They were the wicked farmers in his story, but they were afraid to touch him because of the crowds. So they left him and went away. The leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to try to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Teacher, these men said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and don't play favorites. You sincerely teach the ways of God. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to the Roman government or not? Should we pay them or should we not? Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said, Whom are you trying to fool with your trick questions? Show me a Roman coin, and I'll tell you. When they handed it to him, he asked, Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, Jesus said, Give to Caesar what belongs to him, but everything that belongs to God must be given to God. This reply completely amazed them. Psalm 47, verses 1 through 9. If you prefer quiet, meditative worship, this psalm will challenge you, for it describes a praise celebration that involves hand clapping, shouting, and loud singing. The cause of this excitement is the greatness of Christ our King. Now, if that doesn't excite you, what will? Hey, get excited about these things. Now, one would be His great victory. See, we do not know what military victory the psalmist was celebrating here. But as believers today, we walk in Christ's spiritual victory. Like Joshua, we submit to our captain and trust him to win the battle. Now that is something to shout about. Something else to get excited about is his great throne. What a picture of the ascension of our Lord, returning to heaven and sitting at the right hand of God. Now, Satan may be the god of this age. But Jesus is king of all the earth, and that is something to shout about. And another uh, thing to get excited about is his great reign. His kingdom is a spiritual kingdom today, but he still rules in the affairs of men. One day Christ will reign on earth, and his people shall reign with him. And that too is something to shout about. You'd be amazed at so many people in the world today who think things that they don't do. Meant to do it, never got it done. It's hard 
to bring something from thought life to action. Maybe it's because we live in a world of procrastinators. People who have great ideas and great goals and great visions and great obstacles and great problems. And so they sit down with their ideals and their goals and say, you know, I'll put it on hold. And they look and the years go by and the hair turns white and the knees get stiff and, and they just thought it, but they never did it. See, the older I get, the more I realize that you can't take life nor moments for granted. I, I can deal, personally, I can deal with death better than I can deal with regret. Whatever I got to say to you, I'd rather say it. Whatever I want to give you, I want to give it. Whatever I need to express, I want to express it because the next second is not promised. All you have is the fierce urgency of now, right now, this present moment. You don't have long to get over whatever you're going to get over, climb over your inhibitions of fear. The clock is ticking while you are thinking about it. You are running out of time. There's a rush to do it. They're the rush to birth your dreams. They're the rush to go after your goals. If you don't hurry up and do it, you won't get it done. And the most dangerous people are people who miss their turn. Bitter people who miss their turn will try to kill your future. They will become a soul in your life and they will hate you over something that you didn't have anything to do with. They'll hate you, David, over a turn they missed. There is nothing as bad as the sad memories of a lost opportunity. Lost opportunities. It's a gift from God to have an opportunity. You have, when you woke up this morning, God gave you an opportunity. What could be a better gift than to get an opportunity? And what a tragic waste it is to have an opportunity and not use it. Not maximize it. Not live it to its fullest. And to assume you have tomorrow. How arrogant of you to assume that you have tomorrow when in fact all you have for sure is right now right now get it right right now get it said right now get it done right now Open your heart right now. Write the letter right now. Express the love right now. Because if you don't, I can tell you from experience, coffins can't hear. And regret is poor company sitting in a nursing home saying, I missed my turn. I can tell you this, age doesn't give you a do-over. It's terrible to get old and miss your youth. It's terrible to be divorced and miss your marriage. I'm ready to be a good wife now, it's too late. I'd be a great parent now, the kids are gone. 
They're here a moment, they're gone the next moment. If you don't get it right, you don't always get a do-over. You'd be surprised at the unwritten books in this room. The, 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 the businesses that are in your head that never get built. The, the, the ministries that are in you that, 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 that are never evolving, never created. The poems you didn't write. The songs you didn't sing. The books you didn't create. The job you never went after. The interview you didn't pursue. The chance to own that you didn't take. This message is for you. Psalm 47, verses 1 through 9, for the choir director, Psalm of the Descendants of Korah. Come, everyone, and clap your hands for joy. Shout to God with joyful praise. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great King of all the earth. He subdues the nations before us, putting our enemies beneath our feet. He chose the promised land as our inheritance, the proud possession of Jacob's descendants whom he loves. God has ascended with a mighty shout. The Lord has ascended with trumpets blaring. Sing praise to God. Sing praises. Sing praise to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King over all the earth. Praise Him with a psalm. God reigns above the nations, sitting on His holy throne. The rulers of the world have gathered together. They join us in praising the God of Abraham, for all the kings of the earth belong to God. He is highly honored everywhere. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. The fears of the wicked will all come true. So will the hopes of the godly. Disaster strikes like a cyclone, whirling the wicked away. But the godly have a lasting foundation.